Hello, all the wonderful Gilmore fans out there. I am Kayla. And I am Thomas. And we are Copper Boom Podcast or Copper Boom PCAST. Today we are going to be talking about season one, episode seven of Gilmore Girls called Kiss and Tell. This episode was written by Genji Kohan, directed by Rodman Flender. The original air date was November 16th, 2000. And the DVD synopsis says, right there in Dosi's Market, Dean and Rory kiss. Everyone in town seems to know about it. Everyone, that is, except Lorelai. And she's a little weirded out because Rory didn't tell her. That is very accurate. Even to, like, the Netflix one, which is, Rory shares a romantic moment with Dean, but doesn't tell Lorelai. When she hears it from Mrs. Kim, she invites Dean over for a movie night. I like that. The I think it's nice that the DVDs don't spoil anything, but it is yeah. a little bit weird that they don't mention the movie night at all. And they say everyone in town seems to know about it, but I don't know that everyone knows about it before Lorelai does because, like, obviously we find out that um, Babette heard about it, but that is after Lorelai knows. So I don't know. We only we know that Mrs. Kim and Lane know, obviously, but. That's okay. Not not bad descriptions. No. So let's jump in. So the cold open, this is one of the first cold opens in a while that we're not at Friday night dinner, which is a little bit weird. But I really enjoyed this cold open because one, we get to meet Taylor Dosey, who this is his first episode, which threw me when I realized that. Because I'm like, oh, this is the first time we get to see Taylor and Luke and kind of their dynamic. And then I realized, oh, this is the first time we meet Taylor. We've been to Dosi's Market, but we haven't met Taylor until this episode. And that's a great thing. You know, love him or hate him, Taylor is critical to the show, in my opinion. He is. And I will say, I have a love-hate relationship with him, like... I love him some episodes because he is funny. He has yeah. his moments being hilarious. But then there are like episodes where I just don't like him because of like what he says or how he acts. It's just like just certain episodes where I'll watch and be like, okay, I don't like you. I kind of just want to skip over you. See, and I think I might end up going against myself at one point, but I feel like I always like Taylor. I just disagree with him often and kind of feel bad for him where there's a little bit of pity at times. He can be a lot to handle and I feel like he's wrong or out of place often, but I Mm -hmm. love what he does for the show, especially his interactions with Luke. Like, I feel like I'm redundant so often of talking of all the great pairings in this show, but I never realized just how many amazing pairings there are. And one of the, one of my favorites is Taylor and Luke like that. We get the little taste of it in this episode in the beginning. And it's, that's what we get the entire show. Whenever Taylor and Luke are together, you get that like fire and ice kind of thing. And you get to see this other side of Luke that you don't always get to see. Like we get, ranty Luke, but never the same as when it's Luke with Taylor. Yeah, I would say the, the Luke and Taylor dynamic is very 
sometimes father son um or like father figure and like child figure um like in later episodes like taylor will even say like we'll talk about his dad and then be like you're you're like him in aspects or like right kind of thing and kind of seeing where taylor's coming from with some of the stuff that he'll say to luke it's like oh that is kind of like very fatherly um but it could be like even an uncle kind of relationship he's very much the papa doc of stars hollow but a little bit unhinged where i don't know because i feel like okay he is an authoritative figure, but most people don't take him seriously. So he's not fatherly in the strictest, most traditional sense of like having respect and authority, but he's almost like that uncle that thinks he's the father, like the uncle that acts like he's the father, I think is where it is, where it's like, oh yeah, like you, so you have so many aspects that make you like a dad, but you're not my dad. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to mock you. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I definitely think with Luke, that is, like, a lot with, like, him and Luke. I think that they love each other. Yes. But they would never admit to that. Neither one of them would ever admit to that. But you see it if you look for it. Yeah. And so speaking of them, you know, when they're bickering, one thing, it's like, this is about the whole episode, not just the cold open. But holy pumpkins, like, okay, we're in the beginning of autumn in the real world here and starting to get the pumpkin spice everything. And I've been noticing pumpkins. I have never seen a town with as many pumpkins as Stars Hollow has in this episode. That is true. I I love the pumpkins, but like you said, it is the beginning of autumn and I'm already pumpkined out. Like I work at Starbucks. I have made so many damn pumpkin spice lattes in the past, like, two, three weeks where if I don't have to look at another pumpkin latte until Christmas, I will be content. Like, or just pumpkin drinks in general. I don't know what it is, but this last week, everybody was getting pumpkin cold foam on everything. It's like, we almost ran out of pumpkin twice. And it's like, y'all, stop it. Like, if we run out, you're going to be pissed. Now, I can understand with you working at Starbucks, being over it. I I love pumpkin flavor. However, I am not someone that only gets it during the autumn season. Like, I'll have pumpkin flavored things year round. Like, I like to make pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. Or at, at Heartland Nutrition, we'll do, like, white chocolate pumpkin protein shakes and I will take that any day of the week um like I I love pumpkin flavored things but I don't only have it during fall like I stay pretty spread out of having something pumpkin flavored a couple times a month throughout the year so you know Mm -hmm. I don't get overloaded by it but you being at Starbucks I could see how one week of fall you're like okay yep done with it like so done with it and like last year I did not have anything pumpkin um just like I was my own little internal protest with it (laughs) because so many people got it and then this year I'm like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up 
when we were able to have it, like it was before it was like on the menu, like before we launched it, we were able right. to try it, make sure that we like liked it um, in case somebody asks. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. So I made myself a pumpkin white mocha with a little bit of cinnamon dolce and it is heavenly. Like it is so good. I can only have it once a week because I'm like, I don't want to get sick of this, even though I'm right. like, sick of this. Um, and I even tried the pumpkin loaf for the first time mm. this um, oh, And it's so good warm. Like, I never thought I would actually like it because I don't hate pumpkin flavored things, but I don't go out of my way to like get them. Um, but I'm just like, no, this is really good. Like, I want to get it more. And even the pumpkin cream cheese muffin. Ooh, when I tell you it is better than most things that I have enjoyed in my life, believe it. I it's did so actually good. meet with, I did, I did meet with someone for work at Starbucks um, this last week, and I saw the pumpkin cream cheese muffin, but I don't like cream cheese, so that wasn't that tempting. But I got a pumpkin scone, and that was delicious. It's so good. I can honestly talk about work all day every day and that's kind of sad for me (laughs) well we can we can shift to something related (laughs) to pumpkins but a little bit different in thinking of miss patty's little thanksgiving dance practice that we see her working on that outside lorelei and rory just walk past her and you just get that little bit of miss patty and talking to the kids and their little pilgrim dance whatever they've got going on looked special my favorite part is where my leaves. Yes. Leaves, where my leaves. Just like, I don't know why, but that's just so funny to me. I feel like she's always missing someone or some kind of character. Like, anytime that we see her, it's like either, you know, things are falling down or just missing or doing something goofy, which I mean, I guess she's working with kids, you know, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. And then, of course, we get the whole big zinger of the cold open of Lorelai and Rory apparently always do laundry together and Lorelai is aware of the fact that Rory has less underwear than her and there's the whole laundry debacle and Lorelai not wearing underwear (laughs) which is valid like there are times where if I miss doing laundry it's like oh well no underwear today I I feel like that's okay except for the fact that she was wearing a skirt i would never feel comfortable wearing a skirt or a dress without underwear but maybe that's just me i guess she's braver than i am i do i like how they can turn just you know these everyday mundane things such as laundry into this fun little gimmick and you get to see like what their relationship really is like they know each other so well one that they do laundry together and it's this big thing of like you did laundry without me like she seems so like that's absurd like why would you do laundry without me kind of thing Mm -hmm. and that she knows that she has more underwear than her daughter is a little bit funny to me too unless they just always end up going to the point of i'm on my last pair of underwear we need to do laundry tonight and lorelei realizes oh i still have two pairs yeah and i i also think it's funny that Rory was just like, 
kind of bypassing the question at first. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no. She's like, oh, so basically, like, are you wearing the same pair? And she's like, no. She's like, then you did laundry. She's like, yes, kind of thing. And just like, the amount of times that I've done that to my parents of doing laundry. And then like, oh, do you have laundry? I'm like, no. She's like, that's sus. I'm like, I already did it without actually telling you. Well, I feel like with Rory and Lorelai, it's more of like a you left me out kind of thing. And it mm-hmm. it seemed almost like this has happened before. At least that's the feeling I got based on the way that Rory like knew, oh, I don't want to tell her I did some without her. Like she knew, oh, this is going to be a bigger deal than it needs to be. But in mm-hmm. a sweet way. And she gets her little, I don't want to say it's revenge because it's not revenge, but her little push at the whole, my mom's not wearing any underwear, which she says loud enough for everybody at Luke's to hear. But I, I enjoy that. Like, I don't know when they acted other than Luke after right. being like, um, don't sit on the, what, cold benches or something like that. Yeah, I'll say it later when we go through our, our quotes. Because oh, <laughs> that's definitely in now. mine. <laughs> I am actually surprised that I did not write that one as my quote, but I do have. That's other, because there's 50 other, good quotes in every episode. Like, that's one thing, like, I'm like, you know, originally my thought was we would each have one quote, but it's impossible to pick just one. Like, it's hard right? to narrow it down to less than five most episodes. But okay. shall we jump into the big, you know, the namesake of this episode of Rory and Dean's kiss? Like, I feel like first we should just talk about the scene in Dosies and with the kiss actually happening because I feel like there's so much to talk about just with that which first off do you say pop or soda I kind of say both I've still seen both um but it also depends on who I'm with if I if my parents I'll be like oop I'm gonna grab a soda or if I'm like I was friends like ooh, I'm gonna go grab a pop like it depends on who I'm with okay and honestly it just depends on which word I come up with first right which and I was very curious because obviously you and I are both midwestern people you know you're in Minnesota I'm in Wisconsin which I think the historical most popular thing is pop in our areas I believe I'm not positive but i Pretty sure that when I was younger, I would typically say pop, but then I started saying soda at some point, and now it just, it depends. Sometimes it comes out as pop, and sometimes it's soda. Never soda As long as it's not Coke. Because I've heard people be like, oh, can I have a Coke or a cola, when they mean, like, just soda in general. It's like, I gave you Coke, I gave you, like, Pepsi or something, it's like, that's not what I wanted, though. It's like, that's what you asked. (laughs) (laughs) well in cola i feel like if someone i think it's acceptable for someone to ask for cola if they're like at a bar restaurant and they're wanting like pepsi or coke whatever they have and that being the easier way to say it like that i think is fine of okay whether it's pepsi cola coca-cola rc cola whatever i don't know if there's there's probably more different kinds of that but what is your go-to soda slash pop Okay, I would usually do Sunkiss, like orange Sunkiss, okay. or orange. Do you say Fanta or Fanta? 
I say Fanta, but I've been told a million times that it's properly pronounced Fanta. But I feel weird saying that. I also say Fanta because it's with an A and anyone who says otherwise is wrong. Uh, But I would also like say Fanta sometimes too. Um, But I would either do like Sunkiss or Fanta or Fanta, whatever. Yeah. Um, Or Dr. Pepper. Mm. Well, one thing about Fanta is I can only say Fanta if I say, do you want a Fanta? Otherwise I can't say it because I feel like I'm saying something wrong. Um, But (laughs) Dr. Pepper was always my go-to. Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew were like my kryptonites. I stopped drinking soda for the most part. I probably had like maybe five total this during 2022, but I used to be like three bottles a day, can't go a day without kind of person i'm very much a sugar addict and i'm very well aware of it um but mountain dew doesn't tempt me anymore but dr pepper still does and i think it's because when i was younger i like i grew up catholic and for lent every year you'd have to give something up i always gave Mm. up soda so i would go without mountain dew for that time period and then i would drink it again and i would always that like first time drinking it i'm like oh this is disgusting but then of course i'd keep drinking it until i started liking it again yeah and I'm like, okay, I know that Mountain Dew actually doesn't taste good. But Dr. Pepper, to me, it's like, no, that actually does taste good. So it's like not just the sugar and caffeine. It also tastes really good. Right. Um, I remember my cousin went, I think it was like two or three years, something like that, of not drinking soda. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to not drink soda for a bit. And I went... I want to say it was either a year and a half or two years without having any soda. And I want to say it was maybe a year before the pandemic. Oh, yeah, it was a two-year thing because it was the year before the pandemic. And then the first year of the pandemic, I didn't drink any soda. And then I think it was Mountain Dew came out with a new flavor and I'm like okay. which one it was I'm like ooh I really want to try that and then I did and my friends were like but it shouldn't count because you're just wanting to try it so like don't worry like you can still keep up um the like the days that I haven't had any soda and then it's like I downed it and then I'm like, I want more of this because it's delicious. Yes, and it's very much like, like you do one and it's game over. I know though, mm-hmm. like Adam, he has not had any kind of pop since the day before Julian was born. And he just turned four a few weeks ago. So he is over four years without drinking any soda. And very that. Nice. If that weren't the case, I would not be able to be going without because the biggest thing that helps me is like we never have it in the house. Because if it were, I would not be able to not have it. Um, but anyway, bit of a, a sidetrack there on on that. But what do you think about Rory and Dean's first kiss? Like, do you feel like it was cute? It was awkward? Like, wh- how would you describe it? I thought it was adorable. Um, like how Dean was just like, if you guess it correctly, then like for the soda that he had behind yep. his back, that you would have one. And then 
how she just kind of like leans in and be like, well, this one, I think. And then he just goes for it. It's just like, ooh, that's so spicy. Just like very surprised, very off guard. Um, I thought it was adorable that she just said thank you and then yeah. stole. Um, what was it? Cornstarch? Yes. Um, like, oh, have some real thickening needs. Right. I thought the whole like, thing was like, they had their cute little flirtation beforehand and she was seeming still awkward, but more comfortable. Yeah, she's and then obviously better. the kiss threw her, but. Which is so funny. God, I want to be just like randomly kissed in a grocery store. Just like off guard, be like, oh, okay. One, I would not run away like Rory did if a hot boy was giving me kisses in a grocery store. You didn't run away after your first kiss? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't really remember my first kiss. Because, like, I was You know little. who it was with? Okay, so the first time I kissed a girl was in, like, elementary school. First time I kissed a boy, I think it was in middle school. Okay. Yeah, I was, like, the almost exact same age as Rory when I had my first kiss. I was a sophomore in high school, and it was, I don't know exactly when, but it would have been fall of my sophomore year um, with my high school boyfriend. But I didn't run away. I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't really remember our first kiss that well. I more remember when I got in my head, like, okay, I'm going to kiss him. Like, we had been dating now, I don't know how long. And I was like, okay, after, because he played football, I was like, okay, after his game, I'm going give to him a, give him a kiss. It'll be our first kiss. And, like, you know, psyched myself up to it. And I went to give him a kiss, and he, like, turned. So it ended up, like, grazing his cheek. And then I felt so, like, awkward and embarrassed, and, like, I failed. And <laughs> then, like... Just like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to kiss him then was like what I got in my head. You know, like I was a little bit of an awkward Rory. Um, And I don't know that it was probably like two weeks later that he kissed me and said something like, well, you were never going to kiss me. And I'm like, well, I tried. And then I remember being all like, (laughs) you know, gawky about it. I'm like, no, I I did try. Like, (laughs) but Oh, okay. Well, I mean, then I know we mentioned like she shops, shoplifts and the, her awkward run. Rory is such a goofy runner. It's She's like a baby runner from Friends. Yes. <laughs> Except I don't think that she realizes it. Like Phoebe knows it and owns it. Yeah. Rory, I don't think, I don't know. I guess there's in a later season, she does kind of say like, whatever, I don't care how I'm running or how I look when I run, whatever. But mm-hmm. I think at this stage, she just doesn't realize it. <laughs> but Dean and Rory are really cute together in this episode. And they, they look like, you know, some, some couples is just like, oh, you look good together. And mm-hmm. they're, they're a couple where it's like, they look good together. Like, they complement each other really well, like, visually. They do. And I will say, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what part it comes up, but I do have it, like, in the first page of notes, so it was, like, before the kiss, where I noticed, um, with Rory's uniform and her eyes. Yes, did you see it? 
I did. I'm just like, holy crap. Those, like her eyes are so blue and so beautiful. Yes. And I think it was when um, they were at Luke, Lorelai and Rory. And when she was saying the, hey, my mom isn't wearing underwear um, line where like her eyes were a little bit bigger. I'm just like, oh, they are really blue. Like, yes, that is it's hard to like not so get pretty. caught in her eyes. Uh. Same with Lauren Graham. Like they both just have beautiful, like striking eyes. They do. Like I am jealous. Like let me have those eyes. Granted, a lot of people say that like I have really, really nice eyes. And I'm like, it's my best feature of me. <laughs> um but like other people say my teeth. I'm like, I don't I don't see that. I don't like my teeth. I would rather people just say my eyes. Well, and it probably a little bit depends. You know, like some people are drawn to eyes, some people are drawn to smiles. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But okay, so after you know Rory shoplifts, she runs to Kim's Antiques. I really want to talk about Rory and Lane. Like, I feel like We've obviously met Lane and seen their friendship, but I feel like this episode, we see more of Rory and Lane's friendship than we have before, and it's great. Mm -hmm. Like, we get that really cute teenage gushing and just the, like, sweet friendship that's just so genuine. Like, they are both, like, there's no, like, hidden agendas with anything or, like, self-seeking kind of motives like they both it's just they genuinely like each other and are just good true friends and i like Mm -hmm. that and i feel like it's refreshing to see especially on a cw show like for it to be like oh no these two teenagers are just best friends yeah and not like i was gonna say one three hill best friends were like yeah they're best friends but they always have like something about the other character, or like that they don't, I don't want to say particularly like, but they always have like something with that other friend. Right. There's always like some kind of drama. Yeah. Sort of like competition, love interest, whatever. But with Laura, <laughs> with Rory and Lane, it is pure friendship. Like they don't have competition, they don't have. Like, right now, they don't have any love interest that intersects. And, like, they don't ever, which I really like. Um, And they, like, they get each other. They have, like, the best intentions with one another. Yes. And And that's what I love about their friendship. I, don't get me wrong, I love, like, One Tree Hill Dawson's Creek, like all the really good, you know, teenage dramas, love them. But I don't know that there's any other like show, especially on like WBCW, that has a teenage focused character that there's not some kind of like love triangle with a friend or, you know, some kind of big issue, you know, and like. Mm-hmm. It's just so refreshing. Like, it's never even anything. Like, yeah, we'll end up seeing little tuffles, kind of, between Rory and Lane. But never, like, the dramatic things that you see elsewhere. And it's just refreshing. 
And Lane yeah, is so like, cute and sweet. If... <laughs> I've just got to say he that. Is. He is very sweet. And, like, I will say there are even times where, like, Rory can definitely treat her better. Yes. Um, And it's either, I think it's either in this season or next season where something comes up and you can kind of see a little rift between them. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking like, about. Yeah. But like they handle it very, very maturely. Right. And it's in, it'd be this season, right? Now I'm like questioning myself. Like it's at, towards the end of the season, but yeah, it is, you know, and it's just this little thing. It's quickly resolved and everything goes back to normal. Spoiler when we get there, but I love how like Rory, you know, is all gushing and Lane is just so interested and, you know, giving her undivided attention and asking questions and just like meeting Rory at her level of excitement about the kiss. And I love that. And I love just that, you know, there's also no judgment of like, what you stole something like what is wrong with you like there's not that um it's just like oh my gosh how was it you know and being all excited for and i don't know i just i love that and then if if we jump forward a little bit to their pilgrim outfits they oh i just want to you just want to like wrap them up in a little present with a bow on top Right? Or, like, them in a little snow globe. Yes, yes. It's, like, picture perfect. And I like how Lane casually brings up her crush on Dean's friend Todd, which comes back. But she does it so smoothly, and it is where, like, yeah, she's getting that, like, oh, yeah, I get to talk to this guy who I'm kind of crushing on, but I'm also getting the goods for my best friend and finding out about mm-hmm. Beth and all that. Yeah, I do love how she brings that up of when Rory's like, yeah, like, how do you know this? She's like, oh, Todd. And I was actually hoping that when you and Jean like are dating more, like, you can put in my name with Todd kind of thing. Uh, yep. You can be my ring woman. Laying the groundwork here. You know, our focus is on you right now, but, you know, I see something you on the horizon here. You keep me in the here. rear view mirror. Yes. Yeah. Like, I do feel like my time. they're a little bit harsh on the name Beth. I have a cousin named Beth. I love the name Elizabeth and the name Bethany. So I was like, well, that's a little vindictive. Like, ease up. I am, I'm indifferent with the name Beth. Just because, like, to me, like, it's a cute name. But, like, I would never name my child Beth. Um, And, like, the only Beth that really comes to mind is other than the Kiss song. Um, Or I think it's Kiss. If I am wrong, then I'm terribly sorry. or was it AC? No, ACDC didn't do it. I think it was Kiss who did the best song. I don't know. Um, but the movie I Love You, Beth Cooper. Oh, yeah. Like, that is the Beth I love. Right? See, I have a cousin named Beth, and 
I went to school with a girl and played sports with a girl named Beth, who was just one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. Well, is, I guess I haven't talked to her in a while, but I'm assuming she's still just as sweet. And I've never met a mean Beth, but I don't think that someone's name necessarily makes them nice or mean. But I more like, like, the longer versions. Like, I like Bethany, I feel like is pretty. And I always liked Elizabeth, except if I were named Elizabeth, I would shorten it to, like, Liz or Lizzie, not Beth, but that's just me. And then the best, the end of their little conversation is the kiss on the forehead and Lane just being like, oh, Patrick Cho flashbacks. It's so sad. Like, she just rags on Patrick so much. And, like, he sounds nice. He also does sound a little bit boring. But it's like... He might have felt the same way, though. Who knows? Maybe he's meeting with his friends and saying, like, oh, yeah, my parents made me go out with this girl. We had nothing in common. She just looked bored the whole time. So I just kept talking, trying to make it less boring, but that didn't work. You know, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so should we talk about I don't know. We could go to a few different places. Like, maybe the fridge. Okay, because I feel like that... I actually made quite a few notes about the whole fridge scene. I know it's just this small thing, but I kept getting stuck on it. I actually felt the need to, like, pause it a couple times during that whole thing. And I'm going to digress a little bit, but I think part of the reason that I just felt a lot from this scene was because I related to Lorelai and her frustration so much. I, this past week, had a situation. It was not about a fridge. It was, I'm going to just call them out because it was an awful experience. It was with Spectrum. And I spent, I kid you not, two and a half hours. No, I think we hit three hours total. It was between two calls, but one right after the other. So hit three hours where it was literally being passed from person to person. I had to keep repeating myself, much like Lorelai had to keep doing, where I had to keep yep. saying the same things over and over. And I literally talked to 13 different people. Four were nice and tried to be helpful. The rest were just awful. And like even her just like where she was trying to be super direct, like I'm like, yes, I did that. And it got me nowhere too. And yeah. I just related to her so much where I'm like, oh, I just, I feel ya. Like, it's so annoying needing to deal with those types of things, especially when it is like, oh, I can't help you. Let me transfer you here. Then you have to say the same thing again. Oh, yeah. you actually need to go to this place. Let me transfer you there. And then you say the same thing again. And it's just over and over and over. It's and I felt like that's what Lorelai was going through. No, I definitely, definitely get that. Like, I remember my mom, when she would have to be on the phone and having to be passed around by, like, person to person and having to like say the same thing over and over it's like yeah it is annoying because it's like why can't if you transfer why can't you as the person like transferring the customer quickly give the first the person that you're transferring to a heads up or like notes wise and like, it is annoying. Like, even at work, having to tell the same person over and over, it's like, no, if you get, like, a long shot, it's going to be wa- more water. And that's not what you're wanting kind of thing. Where, like, they don't pay attention. And that's why, like, 
they get transferred so much because like they don't pay attention to the actual thing. Well, and not to harp on my situation too much, but I literally was told like, oh, I'm making a note in your in your profile here or on your account by numerous people and then would be asked the same questions where I'm like, okay, so they made no notes and mm-hmm. just said that they did and was transferred to the wrong place multiple times. And at one point I got to the department I was trying to get to and I kid you not without saying anything. So like the guy started talking to me and then he just kind of stopped talking and then just transferred me without saying anything or giving any kinds of heads up. And then it took me, you know, four to five transfers to get back to that same department. It was awful. That is so bad. Like you were already there, like at yes. that apart- department. And ooh, I would have been living. I was so mad. And I was so mad at myself that I didn't take down his name. But I had talked to so many people before him. Like I couldn't, I ran out of room on my paper from all my doodles of sitting there for three hours that I didn't know take down a name. But anyway, we can move on to better topics such as food. So did you notice how much food was on that floor that was supposedly in their refrigerator? Yes. And like, that is something that I like later on was like, why? Not even like why, but like they put it all back when like the fridge was being weird. And then it's like, Okay, so is the fridge working? Like, what is like wrong with it? Because of like the noise that she was apparently hearing. Like, well, then they mention the of problem. Like, Rory said something about like, oh, we like we can eat something at home. Lorelai's like, we have no food at home. So it's like, okay, it's either because in their fridge was like a kielbasa sausage and eggs. They don't cook. They don't know how to turn a stove or an oven on. Even when they're doing their tour, they make a comment about that. Why would they have any kind of meat that you have to heat in their home and eggs? Right. That is understandable, though. And that, yeah, they they probably ate it all. Let's be real. Um, And then there's quite a few greens. So I know that we do, in the future, see Lorelai eat, like, just a bag of lettuce with some dressing, but they mock salads and health food way too often for them to have numerous different kinds of greens in their fridge. And it's like, well, maybe that's why they said that they have no food because it's all food that they don't eat that they just have in their fridge for some reason. That would make more sense. And like, maybe that's why like they didn't care to put it back in the fridge when it was being problematic. Like if it goes bad, it goes bad. Yeah. It can look good to have stuff in there. Who knows? Maybe Emily bought it all when Rory started school. Um, All right. So character that I would love to talk about is Mrs. Kim. We get Mrs. Kim full glory this episode. She's just fantastic. Like, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Go for, um, it. for when Rory is talking with Lane and like super happy, and then Mrs. Kim hears something about um, like who kissed you, and Lane being the Lord, like, Mama. "Oh, the Lord," and then oh, she's like, okay. "Oh, okay, yeah." And um, when she comes out and like stares Lorelai, it's just like hilarious. Like, yes. Part of me thinks that Mrs. Kim just loves to scare people in her house because it is so, like, 
organized chaotic. It seems like a low-key power move. It is. Like, it's just so funny. That's what I would do if I owned a furniture shop and just, like, hide. And when I hear somebody be like, okay, what do you want? You want want to buy this? Okay. (laughs) Mrs. Kim and Emily Gilmore are very similar, but in very different ways. Like they have so much in common, but I think the big difference is that Emily is blunt and in your face. Mrs. Kim is really sly and like Emily can do that kind of thing too, but in the situation, so clearly Mrs. Kim heard the whole thing between Rory and Lane. Mm -hmm. If it were Emily and she heard Lorelai talking with a friend about that, she would have called it out right then and there of like, no, you're lying to me. What's wrong with you kind of thing. Mrs. Kim mm-hmm. is like, okay, I called it out passively where they realize like, oh, I need to watch what I'm saying, but I'm going to keep this in my back pocket for when it makes the most sense for me to bring it up. Yes. And yes, I definitely agree with that. Another similarity between them is kind of their, not really their feelings towards Lorelai, but their lack of infatuation with Lorelai. Because you look at Stars Hollow, everybody there worships Lorelai. And we see that throughout the entire series. But Mrs. Kim is one of the only people in Stars Hollow that doesn't just worship her. Like, she calls out her entitlement and kind of says, like, oh, yeah, like... You pick, you buy it and you pick it up unless you're Lorelai Gilmore, you know, like kind of grumbling to herself yep. of like, oh, like you think you're better than everybody else kind of thing. Yeah. And like she, I don't think she's like, she's actually not afraid to even say something. Um, Cause like even later on in the series, she'll like say comments about it. And it's like, yes. okay, Mrs. Can we see you? Like we understand kind of where you're coming from. She's very confident. Like, she does not care what anybody else thinks. She believes in her principles and her beliefs so strongly. And she doesn't, like, I think she judges other people, but she doesn't disrespect them. But also makes people earn her respect. Where I think she's very neutral towards most people. Yeah, like, she'll respect them and, like, she'll... Not, like, look down on them, but, like, kind of, like, getting to that connotation of, like, I'm kind of looking down on you, but, like, in a respectful way. Whereas, like, Emily, she'll just, like, look down on you and she'll make an appearance be like, I don't care if this offends you. This is where you are. And I think the big difference, what it all boils down to, is that Mrs. Kim is secure and confident in, like, herself and her beliefs and like all Mm -hmm. of her principles that she stands by while Emily is more entitled and insecure, but tries to cover that up with her entitlement. Yes. And another thing that I love about Mrs. Kim is her humor. Like, and we see it sprinkled throughout the entire series. She has some of the best jokes said. So like straight faced and She's so clever. And it's crazy that in an earlier episode, she says the whole, like, boys don't like funny girls. When it's like, okay, clearly you don't care if Mr. Kim or whoever likes you because you are hilarious. 
she like is. her comment like laura why is saying like oh it looks bigger been six weeks maybe it grew like yes <laughs> and she's never looking for her humor to be recognized or looking for a laugh like she's just witty and says it because it comes to her yes oh that was actually one of my like favorite Sorry. quotes um oh no 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 it's totally fine like because i was also about to say it too like anything with mrs kim will be in like my favorite quotes is, well, and- like you said she is very witty she is very fast with it and she can just make it funny and even her intonation like one of the things like when lorelei leaves and she's like you forgot your chair it's like, that's not funny, but the way she says it, like, I can't mimic it, but yeah. it's so funny. I love it. Where she's just like, you forgot your chair. Like, <laughs> I know I'm doing a horrible, I cannot do impressions to save my life, clearly. But <laughs> y'all saw the episode. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I love, too, seeing, like, when Lorelai and Mrs. Kim are talking, and you can see the light switch go off for Lorelai when she goes from, like, denial of, like, you're crazy, what are you talking about, Rory's not kissing anybody, and she's, like, laughing about it, and then you see it when she realizes that Rory had her first kiss. You, like, you just see it on her Mm -hmm. face and her reaction of, like, wait, like, the supermarket, that's that boy that she noticed, oh my gosh, I saw him the other day with her oh my gosh, Rory kissed him. Rory had a kiss, like, and then that panic and, like, the oh my kind of thing. Yeah, and I definitely think it also hurt Lorelai a little bit more because, like, Mrs. Kim knew about it, where, like, she knows that Lane doesn't really talk to, like, her mom that way. Um, So it could be, like, misconstrued from that of oh, well, if they're okay, like, talking about it by Mrs. Kim, why didn't they feel okay talking about it with me? And kind of, like, where Lorelai is the cool mom and, like, very open with things. And, like, Mrs. Kim is very withdrawn with things and very collected. Um, And, like, I think that did hurt Lorelai being, like, And I felt bad for her. I did too. I did enjoy seeing her try to get Rory to tell her about the kiss and like her ridiculous thing of like talking about General Hospital. Yeah. Like, can, I mean, I feel like there's got to got had to have been better ways that she could have tried to get Rory to confess. Yeah. And like, I definitely think that Rory should have picked up on it because like, Lorelai was acting weird. Like, yeah. bringing it up and how she was saying, ooh, and the kiss. Like, emphasizing the whole kiss thing. Right. And I feel like Rory would have picked up on that. And well, you and don't even see her. Like, yeah. it's crazy to think that, like, I mean, this obviously is on Rory's mind, and it had you would think it has to be kind of weighing on her that she hasn't told Lorelai because you know that she wanted to and was a little bit worried about it. But right before she comes in and is talking to Lorelai about the whole general hospital kiss thing, she was talking to Lane about the kiss and about Dean, goes inside. Clearly, that's still going to be on her mind. Mm-hmm. 
but I also just kind of thinking of the whole thing with Lorelai and Rory and like Lorelai not knowing I will Rory not telling Lorelai but her knowing about it I really enjoyed when Lorelai's waiting for Rory to get home and you see her like quick go look out the window and then her like quick rush back to the couch to act like oh I've just been chilling here like whatever kind of nonchalance Mm -hmm. thing yeah I will say like I do love Lorelai when she knows things and she like knows that the other person doesn't know that she knows and how she will just like come out and say it when she wants to like when Rory was in the fridge like getting the Chinese and then um Lorelai is just like so kiss any cute boys lately and then Rory's just being like oh crap like she, she looked mortified <laughs> it was so funny I love seeing Rory like mortified and just like confused and embarrassed and just it's just funny she's like yeah she does perfect are you she is the master of the bewildered deer in the headlights face like that's her that in the doe wide girl like those are her two faces she does best yeah and i love oh my gosh lorelei when rory's like what no lecture about kissing a boy why did you do it wrong like she sounded so like concerned of like well did you do it wrong you know like kind of thing i like that she had that attitude and did it so well even though she was a little bit weirded out by it and upset about not knowing i feel like she covered that so well and just made it into a you're a teenager you're going to be kissing boys i'd really like to know about it because i will know Mm -hmm. about it and i should hear about it from you but this is normal. Like, she does a, such a good job of, like, making that be the message that even yes, though... That, like, she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And I think she, she hands down, rebuilt the trust for Rory. Like, Rory's the one who kind of broke the trust by not telling her. And Lorelai took it onto herself to, like, not only help Rory past that of letting it be known that okay I know you don't have to worry about how you're going to tell me and like rebuilding the trust and making sure that their relationship didn't get like any kind of damage from this Mm -hmm. which okay so I know earlier you mentioned that you don't really remember your first kiss is that something like do you know if you told your parents about it or do you think you would have if you can remember not a chance in hell. <laughs> because of, like, fear or just didn't um, talk to your parents about that sort of thing or what? I didn't really talk to my parents about that sort of thing. Like, and, like, I still don't. I think there was one time where I let it slip that I was seeing this guy and they're like, ooh, I want to meet him, like, kind of thing. And it's yeah. like, I understand that and I love that for you, but... No, like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love, I love it when my parents are involved in my life, but it's like they sometimes take it to a whole nother level um, of them just wanting to be a part of it. And like, which I respect and I would love them to be a part, but it, they have to like respect it in my own time. Um, and this one time that I brought a boy home, 
they like basically cornered him and just like asked him questions and like talked with him, which like is good. Like I'm glad that they're wanting to like connect with this person that I'm seeing. But it's like, okay, well, we're going to go downstairs to have, like, dinner and, like, watch a movie or something. And they're just, like, continuing talking to them. I literally was just like, okay, well, I'll be downstairs. And I just left. <laughs> I'm like, I am sorry I'm doing this to you, but I, I just can't. And, like, a few minutes later, like, they let him go downstairs and I just remember him being like I hate you I'm like I know I'm sorry they're a lot and like going wrong like I said I love them dearly but they are a lot like I even told my parents you will not meet another person I am dating maybe until the engagement party that's stretching it a little bit, I think, just to fight on the side of your parents. It sounds like they weren't a full-on Babette and Maury in that situation. They let him go. They were and they close. just want to be involved. <laughs> well, you know, live and learn. Like, <laughs> yes, where it will be closer to the engagement that they will meet this individual <laughs> and they will learn I think from maybe maybe you should think about expanding that to when you are thinking about the idea of being engaged and like really picturing a future you don't need the actual engagement beforehand I think that's a little a little bit of leeway you can have two year anniversary that's what they get. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I think it's because I'm sitting here like I I mean I definitely tell my mom everything, but also sitting here thinking of it from the parent perspective, which is like, okay, my kids are two and a half and four. So I have a long time, hopefully a really long time before I have to think about that. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that they tell me a decent amount, you know, and are open with me and that I can meet their significant others early, early, early on. Probably, I probably want it earlier than they will in the relationship. You know, I I want to be like Lorelai of like, oh, before you have your first date, let's have a little, a little chill session here. Um, which I realize that might be asking a bit much and would be very unfair to them, but whatever. Okay, can we back up a little bit to before Lorelai knows and just her and Luke? Because first off, I noticed their outfits match, like the black and red. So he has a black and red flannel, and then she's got like black with red in like her shirt and jacket. And when they're standing next Mm -hmm. to each other, it's like, okay, you look like you dressed to match and you're going somewhere together. And it was very cute. It is so cute. And they do that, like, the show does that often. Yes. I think they're like, very intentional. Couples. Yes, they're very intentional with, like, their wardrobe choices, like how we were talking about with Rory and her children uniform, like, with same thing with Luke and Lorelai, all that. I think they're very intentional about those things. And I know you mentioned Mrs. Kim startling Lorelai. I also love when Luke startles Lorelai at Dosey's. Yes. Oh, it, I'm like just the reason why she's there is hilarious. Yeah. He's like, yeah, she was like upset, but it was more of like, well, I need to see this guy and like have my own opinion of him. 
um, kind of thing. And then with Luke being there, and she's just like, well, what are you doing here? And he's like, I ran out of cream. What are you doing here? Kind of oh, thing. Too. Like, um, It's funny. I 100% would do the same thing as Lorelai in that situation. Like, I know myself. I would very much be like, okay, I need to check this person out. You know, have that little safe distance. But I'm going to scrutinize mm-hmm. them while I'm by myself and can. And I feel like when she has Luke with her, she's still kind of by herself. That's not a dig at Luke. Just he kind of serves as, serves as an extension to her and a little bit of like that voice of reason trying to do it where it could have just been her um, conscience, you know, talking to her. Yeah. Like she even says that she's like, what going to go up to him and kind of thing. And then he's like, no, you're not like, yeah. Slow down. Like don't make things worse kind of thing, which that's one of the reasons why I do like love Luke is because he's more of a voice of reason than she is with a lot of things, like more level-headed. Yeah, every once in a while they flip that, but yeah, typically he's the the level-headed one. She's a little bit out there. I will say though, I think she was being dramatic about things, understandable. But I did see her point about the lemons. I would have been a little bit annoyed if the person bagging my groceries kind of tossed in the lemons like he did because I might have bruised them like lemons bruise I would have been like no can you set them in there nicely so just saying Mm -hmm. I know it's something small but I felt like yeah that he might have you know did a little damage to those lemons I'll give her that one yeah and like I do like how later in the episode she even brings that up yeah and it's like more of a metaphor I think Yes, um, she does a few of those. Yeah, and which is, like, why I like that she even brings up the lemon, even though, like, she knows that she's not really talking about lemons, and he knows it. I don't know if he did. He seemed a little bit lost of just, like, a, okay, sure, like, you seem a bit eccentric, but... I'll try to be careful like with things, maybe? I think it I don't know. like later on. The motorcycle discussion. clicked for him. Yes. So Wait. why don't we jump into like talking about movie night and like the prep leading into the movie night? Because I feel like that is such a big part of, of this episode. And so if we think about, you know, Lorelai and Rory going to Dosey's to get their their smorgasbord of junk food. Something that really stuck out to me is the fact that not only has Rory checked out Dean's butt, but she tells her mom that quite confidently. You know, mm-hmm. this girl who was scared to tell her mom that she kissed him of like, oh no, like I saw it, it's nice. And also that Lorelai asked and like made the comment of like, oh, if we could get him to turn around, like I want to check out this guy that you like, I want to check out his butt. Yeah, that seemed a that little bit strange. No, that is the first thing. Other than the face, when I look at a guy, I'd be like, "Ooh, he has a cute face, or he has really nice arms." And then the moment that they turn, my eyes go for the booty and be like, "Yeah, you got a, you got a nice booty. You you get a few more extra points." And I was even saying this to some of my baristas um, last week when I don't know what it was but, like there was a lot of attractive people who came in being like 
yep, you're an eight, you're a six. And the guys that I would be like, oh yeah, you're definitely like an 8.5 or nine. Every other barista were like, oh no, he's a four, he's a five. It's like, y'all, you you're need to also in your 20s. <laughs> like, as a, fifth, as a 16 year old, out with a parent. Oh, I still, I still do that. I still did that. I wouldn't say it, but I would Okay, be that's where I think the big thing is. Like, to notice something internally, sure. But then to, like, I don't know, just the way she was, like, so outward about it of, like, I don't know. It was a little bit, especially because of how awkward she was about telling her mom about the kiss. I think that's where it was, mm-hmm. like... Like, okay, you did a full 180 here with this. I also think because they had that little conversation of, like, you can tell me anything. Yeah. And, like, having that line of communication even, like, blown open more to where Rory's like, okay, nothing's, like, off limits right now type of thing. So she didn't have that, like, filter. Yeah. uh, Rory even said, like, you don't have to be embarrassed or like anything but you don't have to hide it from me we can like have a conversation so like Rory like still having that in her mind was like oh this is something else we can talk about and I guess the fact that Lorelai brought it up and I won't think of it as this grown woman wanting to see this 16 year old's butt I'll think of it as a oh if I were a 16 year old girl like my daughter that's something I would be wondering about I'll make a comment because if I think of it as like mm, this thirty-two-year-old woman wants to see the sixteen-year-old's butt, then it gets a little bit weird. Well, you also have to think: what if um, Rory and Lorelai were having this conversation by Miss Patty, and what Miss Patty would say? Okay, that though, <laughs> just about any inappropriate comment could be made a little more appropriate when you use that scale. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that they did not have Miss Patty around for any of this, though, and that we didn't get any of her commentary about it because. Oh, just thinking of what she could be saying. I think maybe because they already figured, like, okay, we've got enough of Rory embarrassed. That would be pushing it to a whole new level. It'd be so good, though. <laughs> I just want to, like, know what Miss Patty thinks of everybody. Just. Well, she she finds Dean very attractive. We hear comments about that later on. And obviously, you know, she likes the fact that Richard is so tall. And nope. in a, soon we're going to get, I don't want to spoil, I don't know if we have any new Gilmore Girl watchers out there, but I'm going to try to not spoil things still. But very soon, we meet a different male character that she hits on in a great way. But we will talk about that soon. It's, I don't remember, it's coming up. I think it's a few episodes still. But anyway, um, okay, what do you think about Lorelai inviting Dean? I thought it was cute. I definitely see where Lorelai was coming from. Um, but I do think that she should have talked with Rory first. Um, but I do, like, like I said, I see where Lorelai is 
coming from like, oh, I'm wanting to like make things not as awkward. And like, I also want to see how you are as a person as well. So there was that ulterior motive, but I definitely, without a doubt, think that Rory should have been a part of that conversation. Um, but I don't think Rory should have expressed her disinterest of that plan um, when, like, so emphatically. I was just, yeah. Yeah, I can see both sides. I think, like, I don't think Lorelai had the intention until all of a sudden, you know, Dean came out and, you know, there was already the commentary when they met each other inside of Dosies that she learned, oh, he's a Willy Wonka fan. And no, it's like, okay, he likes this movie that we're watching. And I think it just came to her in the moment. And I think she had the best Mm -hmm. of intentions. I don't know that she even really thought about like, oh, I want to see this guy interact. I don't know what that really crossed her mind in the moment. Maybe, maybe it did. But I think she had the best of intentions and kind of felt like, oh, this will make things make up for, you know, where we're at. And this would be a really good next step. And, like, I think mm-hmm. she had, you know, those good intentions. I also can understand how Rory was, like, put into this panic. Like, I think she went a little overboard and was a bit dramatic. And I think she was borderline rude. Like, she went a little bit over the line. Like, I think she, it's understandable for her to be upset and, like, thrown off. But I think she could have toned it down a little bit. Um mm-hmm. But I really think that what kind of brings that together, one, is that it ends up being a nice night. But when Lorelai kind of passes her dating wisdom to Rory, you know, helping her pick out her outfit, talking about like, oh, I can teach you the hair twirl, telling her like, oh, what you should do for makeup and kind of telling her, you know, what kind of attitude to really have when it comes to dating. And I think that that moment in Rory's room kind of makes up already there for her inviting Dean. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know we talked about Babette and Maury a little bit, but um, they literally held him captive for like half an hour. And that's really funny to think of, especially because Babette is holding his arm. Like she's literally holding him. I just want to know how many times that he tried like very nicely. Be like, yep, they're expecting me. And then just like Babette just not hearing it and just continue talking um i do love how lorelei just comes out and he's like oh yeah gene can you help rory with this just like to get him out of there which i was even thinking like if i ever have kids i might have to do that like be that person to like break up a conversation and i don't even like doing that now but it's like that'd be my job later like (laughs) No. Yeah. I don't I don't think it'll be hard for you when it gets to that point, but who knows. I did I did make the note of like, oh, she says it's with a pickle jar. And they did have a jar of pickles in their fridge when they had everything taken out. That was one of the things I noticed. But um I also I I love Babette and Maury. Like any kind of interaction with them is great. Like Maury never has many lines, but they're always great. If I'm just like, stay cool, kid. You know, like I was just thinking that. Um, also, Dean and Maury are wearing leather jackets. I guarantee that they bonded over it. Oh, maybe. 
Babette probably pointed it out. She's probably yeah. like, oh, you're tall and in a leather jacket. So much like my wonderful sweet Maury. And I'm going to talk for 28 minutes without a breath. So you're not going to be able to interject because I won't hear you. And Maury only hears me because to him, my voice is the most beautiful thing he's ever heard. Like, her voice is really pretty. Like, I don't even care. I, I love her. That every like every aspect of her. Yes. Right? <sighs> every single thing about her I just love. Um. Also, I love that Weeping Willow story. I can't believe Rory was so, like, embarrassed by that. Like, I thought that was so cute and sweet. It's so sweet. Like, I was probably that kid, too, that, like, oh, Weeping Willow, like, how can I help you yeah. not be so sad? Like, and then when uh, Rory was, like, basically, um, no. She was like, oh, no, that was me. Oh, my God, kind of thing. <laughs> um... And then when they were doing, like, their little tour, and there's just, like, adorable, embarrassing baby pictures of Rory. Yeah, <laughs> like, the naked baby <laughs> pics. Like, <laughs> I love that they just have naked baby Rory pictures up, but. Right? <laughs> and I love during the tour when it's just Rory, Rory and Dean, and he goes in her room, like, you see her feeling awkward again, but she's trying to be, you know, calm and collected. I'm so and, yeah. Yeah. And it goes pretty well. And I I really enjoy, you know, when she's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm fine with it. And then he picks up her stuffed chicken. She's like, nice chicken. She's like, or I was. Like, I, right. I get that. Like, I have a childhood stuffed animal that I still have by my bed to this day. And... I am a little bit protective. Like, I'll let the kids snuggle with Dipstick, my my Dalmatian dog. But they have to keep him in my room. And they're not allowed to play rough with him. And if I am not feeling good or I'm sad, then I get him. They don't get him. And they don't get to take him into his, oh, no. into their room. He's got to stay in my room. I get that. Also, isn't Dipstick one of the names of the puppies in 101 Dalmatians? Yes. That's what okay. he's from. Like- and... He's a miracle dog. I got him when I was five years old. So a little backstory. I was hospitalized with pneumonia when I was in kindergarten. And the doctors all told my mom that I was going to die. And I, I didn't realize how bad any of it was. Other than like, oh, I was taken in an airplane while strapped to a bed. And that was terrifying because... In my, you know, five-year-old mind, I'm thinking, okay, I can't move because I'm strapped into this bed. And I was thinking that the airplane doors were just going to fly open and I was going to roll out. And um, and they made me wear, I can't think of what it's called right now, the, like, breathing tube that goes in your nose, whatever. I can't think of words oh, right now. Um, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. If I heard it, I would know it. I just am blanking on it. But I had to have one of those and I thought that was awful. But then... Like, but anyway, whatever. I So I was in the hospital for a few weeks and that was like a gift that I got while I was there from my mom. And it was, you know, stuffed animal dipstick from 101 Dalmatians. And when I was in, we're going through the, the Kayla sad train right now. Um, when I was in fourth grade, we had a house fire and lost like 98% of our stuff. Um, and my big thing, like... We lost our actual dog, and that was the thing I was most upset about. But I was secondly God. upset about, 
I know. I'm sorry. I'm going through the sad train. I'm sorry. Um, but the other thing that I was like so upset about was dipstick. And I remember like sometimes we try to like look through all the rubble of everything to see if we could find him. And my mom, well, she got me like a replacement little dipper. No offense, but I was not satisfied. I was like, no, it's not the same thing. Like I miss mm-hmm. dipstick. And my mom saw when they were like doing the like forklifting all the debris out and everything sees the stuffed animal fall and makes them stop and runs over there and sees that it was dipstick and she was going to make me wait until my 18th birthday so again this was when i was in fourth grade she was going to make me wait until my 18th birthday to give him to me um so he's now gray with black spots um for a long time kind of smelled of smoke did a whole bunch of different treatments but so he's my miracle stuffed animal dog that has been through like craziness and sorry to go into like again <laughs> the sad gala backstory things but dipstick has had a rough life and he's amazing so he is my miracle dog and if someone like dean came and was like oh nice dog i'd be like get out like <laughs> you're out of here <laughs> Oh, that's just funny, though. Like, I'm trying to remember if I have ever been in Dean's shoes at, like, a potential relationship person. Ah, crap. Ooh, nope, I lied. There was one time I went over to this guy's house that I was seeing and he had dolls just like on shelves, like creepy old school like dolls. And I yeah, remember like more being the, like, the for show dolls that look like they're gonna yeah. come to life. Yeah, I'm like, nope, Mm-mm, we're not hanging up in here. Uh-uh, I don't wanna die today. <laughs> um, so I made him like us hang out in the living room, and I swear. That when I looked down the hall, I could have seen like just beady eyes peering. Like, you. I'm not even kidding. I am, I <laughs> was so freaked out. Where it's like I didn't go over to his place again. Like, and now I'm like somewhat fine with like looking at dolls, but then I'm just like, nope, I am not going to get murdered. Like all lights stay on. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So segue from sad and creepy things. Um, what better segue from those things than Suki? Um, uh, we get just a little snippet of her, but it's perfect. Oh yes, I even wrote in my notes being Suki. Avi needed to be in the episode. Because she is chaotic and hilarious. And then she is just by far one of my favorite characters in this episode because of how she acts of, well, I thought you guys would need dessert. And like, I just wanted to like meet him. And then when Lorelai's like, no, like Rory will literally murder me. Just she'll think that I invited you. And then... When she, like, gets the pizza, like, changes, um, like, what she's holding with the pizza, and then leaves. 
And then I'm like, well, I thought you said it was the pizza. And then she comes in. She's like, oh, I have it. Like, so she's like, it's nice to meet you, Dean. And she's like, oh, not that I know your name. You look like a Dean. And it's like, Suki. <laughs> she's fantastic. She only needs 90 seconds on screen to kill it. Right. Okay, and with the pizza, so one thing I love that the actual delivery guy was Joe, who he comes back many a times throughout the series, and it stays true that, like, he works at the pizza place, I think, the entirety of the series, if I'm remembering correctly. And I really like that, because, like, he is such a forgettable character, no offense to him, but he's one that, like, you don't think of him when you think of the townies, but he is. I didn't like, really think of him. Yep. He's... Even when you hear, typically if you hear Lorelai call to order pizza, she'll often say Joe. Like, that's, I think, the only or one of two delivery guys that they have for the pizza place. Um, Which, okay, the pizza. So they got one pizza. Now, I don't know if I just like food way more than even the Gilmores, but I don't think, like, I love food. But I feel like Lorelai and Rory are at my level or maybe a little bit more one pizza for three adults oh two teenagers and adult like a teenage boy counts as an adult and a half so yes i'm sorry but in our house with two adults and two toddlers we're getting two pizzas like whether it's frozen pizza or we're ordering delivery it's always two yeah we'll have some leftovers but sometimes not very much like one pizza for the three of them seems like not enough which is fair, because, like, even I thought that, but I also was, like, they have other things to snack on. Yeah. Where they can, they won't have to eat the entire pizza. But I, I guess the pizza was probably, I feel like the pizza was more of an appetizer, and the all the junk food was more their dinner. I could think of it that way. Yeah. But then Dean calls Rory out for eating another slice of pizza, and, yeah, he tries to cover it up of, like, oh, no, I think it's nice that you eat. Why did you make a comment in the first place? That was my one strike against Dean in this episode. I did not like him making the comment of, wow, you can eat. Like, he tried to backpedal and stuff, and I'm not going to fully hold it against him, but I don't think he should have made that comment, especially because then she doesn't eat it. It's like, okay, clearly your little comment made her self-conscious where she's not going to eat the pizza that she wants. Yes, I I do agree. I did not like how he like said it. I do think this is the first time he's actually like noticing how much they can eat. But I definitely think it was a definitely like unspoken thing, right? Um, to where like he could have said something later on when it was just him and Rory being like, "Oh yeah, I was kind of underestimating how much you and Lorelai." can eat and like seeing that is an experience right um but i don't think that he should have said it like the way he did and even with like you said the backpedaling of where he's like yeah but like i like it because like not that many girls our age eat like i'm glad that you like to eat he's like so do i but it's like you could have said that a different time in a different place, maybe even a different episode. Even like, just think it to yourself and then later be like, oh, you guys weren't kidding about your movie night eating habits. I love it yeah. or whatever, you know, like, but whatever. 
Um, one conversation I did like was about the like cartoon and like the different character and cartoon crushes. How you know Rory has a crush on Prince Charming from Sleeping Beauty. Do you or did you or do you have any like cartoon crushes? Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so I, when I was younger, I always had a crush on Belle because she was because she's so beautiful and beautiful. perfect, and I want to be her. Yes, <laughs> um, exactly that. Um, but I would say like my other ones were Eric, Prince Eric. Okay. Um, because like his dog, the way that he interacts yes! with his dog is adorable. Like he loves animals. Um, he's super kind. Um, but also Aladdin, I loved. Yep. And Hercules. I would say Hercules before Aladdin, just because like his muscles. Um, <laughs> I loved Aladdin because like his creativity of how to like get out of situations um and like he really liked jasmine like was really loving with jasmine um even and they have one of the least creepy relationships of traditional disney movies because they're both like i think they're like 17 and 19 or something when most it's like 16 or younger and 22 or older yep but we can ignore those because I love yours? Disney movies. So one of mine's really weird, but that's okay. Um, my really weird one is Kovu from Lion King Two. Like, I understand he's a lion, and many people either have never seen or don't like Lion King Two. But I like it's not comparable to the original like most sequels aren't, but I love the music in Lion King 2 and I don't know what it is. Ever since I first saw Lion King 2, like I've just been in love with Kovu and I can just pretend that he's a man and not a lion. Um, So that's my little bit of a weird one, but like, I don't know, because he's got like this little bit of darkness, but he's like super sweet and I don't know, whatever. Have you seen Lion King 2? Not for a long time. Um, what I do remember of that movie, like, it's good. But I always liked Lion King one and a half more than the second one. So I, wa- I would watch that one more. I wasn't crazy about one and a half. Where it's like, oh, yeah, it's fine and fun. But I just, I really love the music in Lion King, too. Like, I'm not crazy about Kiara. She's a little bit annoying. But I love, like, the, the Roasty Toasty Princess and the... Um, like deception, disgrace, can tell by the scar on his face, whatever that song about Kovu. I like get those both randomly in my head all the time. And I couldn't even tell you the last time that I watched Lion King 2, but they always pop in my head. But okay. So anyway, that's I one really, of them. That's my weird one. I love that. And then my two less weird ones would be Flynn Rider from Tangled yeah. and Aladdin. I just kind of forgot about a lot until you mentioned. I'm like, yeah, nope, yep, him too. Like, he's sweet. He's, you know, that cute, sweet, down on his luck, has to be creative kind of guy. But and he's selfless. Like later on in the movie, where he could have done his last wish to like 
yeah. do something else. But he's like, no, I'm going to set you free, like, the genie, because that's what he said he was going to do. So he keeps yeah. his promises. And just, like, the way that he... Because he was basically given another opportunity for that wish for the last one. But he's like, no, like, I'm using it on you. Like, I don't care. Like, whatever happens with my life will happen. But, like, this is what I said I was going to do. I'm going to keep that promise because you are my friend. And it was just like, oh, you're not selfish. I love this. (laughs) I am going to add in a current one, but it's not. Like, the person is fine, and they're actually a great character, but it's his voice that I'm in love with. Is, um, oh my gosh, why did I just forget his name? Christoph from Frozen. Oh, like, particularly, yes, yes, particularly in oh Frozen 2, because then he gets to like actually sing, and it's like, oh my gosh, you're using his amazing voice. Thank you. Because, like, you yes. don't really get to hear it in the first one. Like, not his genuine just, like, singing, letting it out kind of voice. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love Frozen 2 more than Frozen 1. They're both great. But I they love are, listening I to him sing. I agree with that. I love hearing Jonathan sing. Yes. He did so good. Like, he is so talented. And I put off watching... Um, looking um that's on hbo which is such an amazing show um and like this was before i like knew that the actor himself was gay and then when i like found that out and i saw that he was in this show that is centered around queer people um and like i watched it like i binged the entire thing in like a day and a half because it's two seasons they're like shorter seasons maybe like a half hour each um for episodes and then like a movie and it's just like it's so good it's like sex in the city where yes they have their like sexual like aspects to it but it's also very sweet and very loving and showing the relationships that they have to go through and he's a phenomenal actor like with everything that he's been in like i loved him in glee i loved him in sex in the city or i should say and just like that the continuation of sex in the city where he plays like a minor role but his acting and looking is just fantastic like i could not see him in like any other role yeah he's i've never seen looking but one of my favorite things, like Hamilton, obviously is phenomenal, but him and that is really great too. Like I don't. Is he Hamilton? Yes, he's the king. Well, I've never seen it. I do okay, need to you, see it. First I off, you need to see it. Like <laughs> when we're done here, which we should try to, you know, get going a little bit. Sorry, everybody, this one's being long, wow. but you need to go watch Hamilton, and then you need to watch it again. <laughs> I'm just going to become my sister watch it, like, every other week. (laughs) It is wonderful, and his job as the king, when I realized it was him, I'm like, well, that makes sense, because he's incredible. I mean, everybody in that is incredible, but... Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's let's keep going, because this is already our longest episode, I think, but that's okay. It's a good one, and we're just getting a little bit sidetracked. Um. Okay, well, with the... 
with the dinner. I mean, the dinner. Oh, my goodness. See, I missed Friday night dinner. I was sad about that. But with the movie night. The only episode that we've seen that doesn't have Emily and Richard, which I am going to be giving it a lower score because of that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Okay, so I feel like Dean, super smooth this entire episode. He's just kind of shown himself to be pretty smooth. Like, he -hmm. invites himself to future movie nights. He, like, very casually scoots closer to Rory, gives her a pillow, and then he clearly could, like, feel her looking at him. And the way that he, like, looked over at her and, like, you could see that smirk when she looked away of, like, that, like, yeah, she was checking me out. She does like me. This is going really well, you know, kind of feeling. But I love Rory's freak out. So then, you know, she, after that whole look thing, you know, she has a little freak out and begs Lorelai to come chaperone them. (laughs) Which I thought was so funny because she even said it like earlier being like, well, I don't need a chaperone kind of thing. And then it's her being like, okay, I need you actually to be my chaperone. And just the way she's like, he's sitting there all perfect and he smells really good. And I said, thank you. He said, thank you. After he kissed me and like her reaction to that, I mean, which we'll did, get to in a little bit. Um, and then she's like, well, that's polite. Like, <laughs> I don't know, just sweet. But then part of my favorite thing about the, about the movie night is the Lorelai and Dean talk and then Dean's kind of comeback talk, which yep. I feel like Lorelai, you know, she was very like, you could tell the way she like paused and like kind of took a breath of like preparing herself. And then she was very stern and straightforward, but also like really nice about everything and really stressed the she's not going on your motorcycle. Like that is her biggest thing where it's like, my teenage daughter is not going to get pregnant. There's going to be no chance of that. You are not yep. going to mess this up. Yes. And like when he's like, okay, like, I don't have a motorcycle. She's like, she's not going on it. And, like, she could tell that he was the type of person to have one. And then he's like, okay, fine. She's not going to go on my motorcycle. Just like, haha, we knew you had a motorcycle. I don't think she was talking about a motorcycle. But I think that, too. Um And, yeah, I would say I think she was very much going innuendo, but also the mix of we later find out that Christopher has slash had a motorcycle. So I think Mm -hmm. that does kind of tie into her teenage love story. So I think that is like where it was, you know, a double entendre where she was talking about, yes, a literal motorcycle and the insinuation there. Um, Yeah. And I like when she like, do not interrupt me. Like when he questions her about the lemons, she's like, I'm not done talking. Like, shush you know and just kind of keeps going i love that like she was very like i said like she was very nice about everything she was very pleasant but also this is the deal very emily i would say i think she was nicer though she was i feel like it was just was like a good mom emily. moment yes and then his comeback and I, which yeah how gutsy how gutsy of a teenager to have that comeback right? to this girl you're starting to date's mom. So bold. It is. I'm like, I actually respected him a little bit more when he did that because it's showing like he does really like 
Rory and he doesn't like he obviously respects Lorelai, but he knows that he likes her and that he will do he, anything for her. He understands he understands Lorelai and Rory's dynamic. Like he understands how important yes. it is for Lorelai to approve of him. And which she does, like, especially like in this episode, I think she really respects him, especially with him being like, well, now it's my turn to talk. And like, even when he's like, like kind of asks her if that's okay. And she's like, yes. And then he just like goes into it. And you can kind of see on her face of like, oh, like he is very serious of this. Like, when I think that she was able to see like okay he's willing to have this tough conversation with me and stand up for what he wants and he also is being so great about this movie night like he truly does care about her i don't want to show him that i am approving but i think i like this guy Mm -hmm. and then of course the movie night ends with their second kiss and dean's little thank you yeah, that was cute. Oh, cute. <laughs> Super cute. And then, oh, I just love, 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 love when Rory goes and like notices that Lorelai's still kind of blah, and she's just like, you know, I just wanted to hear about that kiss. And you know, at first, Rory just kind of was like, yeah, I know, and was leaving, and then was like, I know this is kind of lame. And Lorelai's excitement and glee when she's like, start from the beginning, and you leave anything out, you die. You know, like, yeah, she was. <laughs> She was so much like Lane, where it's like, okay, we saw that like very much Lorelai is a mom and she's a good mom. And then we see Lorelai is a friend and she's a good friend. You know, like we really get to see both of those aspects. Which I loved, like their relationship and their friendship is so good where like just it quickly changes of like, yes, I am the mom and I'm like going to be putting my foot down with things and then just switches to I don't know who your mom is. I'm not your mom right now. I'm your best friend. Like there's nothing that they can't like talk about when they're like that. Right. And I like where she kind of showed like, you know, I'm happy that I was able to be a good mom tonight, but I really want to have that relationship where it's both mom and best friend. And then they get that. Okay. So I have a lot of random thoughts, but did you have any kind of stray thoughts or things that you wanted to touch on that we didn't talk about yet? Um, I don't think so. Okay, so there were a few things. Um, at Dosie's, when before the kiss, when Dean is helping Taylor kind of stack the cranberry cans, first off, there's a sign above them that says cranberries on sale, spelled S-A-I-L, and I had never noticed that before because they were trying to stack the cans to look like the Mayflower which I found interesting. And then they mentioned like, oh, like, should we go back to the Plymouth Rock idea? I'm like, well, if you have them like Plymouth Rock, is that just a pile of cans that you're calling Plymouth Rock? Or how does that look? Right. Just a random thought. <laughs> uh, okay. And then Rory keeps saying that she was kissed on aisle three. They weren't in an aisle. They went out of an aisle over by the sodas. And those were like against the wall, separate from the aisles, weren't they? I think it was, like, off of aisle three. But it was against the wall. Because they were right next. 
Maybe. Oh, wait, you can I don't know. Aisle. Yeah, but aisle three, not important. It just seemed wrong to me. I felt like Rory was misremembering things, but you know, whatever. Um, really random thing. At Kim's Antiques, there's a lawn jockey that we see in the background, and it is still there in season four and sparks a conversation. Hmm. And so, you know, four seasons away, but wait for that. Um, I completely disagree with Lorelai when she says that Dean looks like Christopher. I do not think they look very much alike. And Lorelai said that she needed coffee when they leave Dosies, but she never gets any. Like, because Dean stops her, and then Dean goes back inside, Lorelai maybe takes one step, and then Rory's there with the movie, so she never goes to get coffee. And it's like, oh, you needed it, but you don't go get it still? Um, well, I think and, she was also sidetracked with, like, telling yeah. Rory. I know, but... As a caffeine addict, I would still have thought to get my coffee. Except I don't get coffee. Well, I would yeah, they could have argued on the way. <laughs> but this is, like, I think the first episode that we don't have Michelle. And then, like I so said, we don't have Emily or Richard. There's also no Paris. So it's like, there's great episode, but there's some key people not in it. Um, uh-huh. This episode is the food. is like, okay, this is what I've been thinking of. You know, this shows the Gilmore food. So we've got quite a few things. Um, there's the muffin at Luke's, which, you know, in the cold open, all the fridge contents, the bowl yeah. of apples on the table, the Chinese food, you know, that Rory's having when talking to Lorelai about the kiss at movie night. So obviously the pizza, and then oh, they got $41 worth of junk food, including marshmallows, jelly beans, chocolate kisses, cookie dough, peanut butter, red vines, the sugar dip things, M&M's, popcorn, spray cheese. Cheetos, chips, and queso. Not all of those are in the $41, but all of those were on their table. Okay, yes. Like, I paused and, like, looked through their table for everything. Um, But I don't know if they actually ended up getting the sugar dip things, because I didn't see them. But I know they wanted to, and Lorelai was looking for them. So I just assumed that they found them. Yeah, but, like, weren't they also looking for them when... They were talking about his butt. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, so maybe they didn't have the sugar dip things, but everything else. Still lots of lots of Gilmore food there. Lots of junk food. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Speaking of a lot, I have eight quotes. Um <laughs> Okay, so where to start? The majority of mine are Lorelei. Um Love that. <laughs> almost all of mine are Lorelei. I have a few. Um, I literally okay. Sorry, real quick. Seven of my eight are either Lorelai or include Lorelai. Nice. <laughs> I have a few that are Lorelai. Okay. Not well, I'll many, do my non-Lorelai. But... I'll do my non-Lorelai yeah. first. Is Suki, which I know you already kind of mentioned part of it, but I'm going to do the whole thing because it's wonderful. Of. Uh, Nice to meet you, Dean. I mean, not that I knew you were Dean, but you do look like a Dean. Doesn't he look like a Dean? That's my Suki. I love Suki. Um, One of mine that are not Lorelai is Miss Kim. um, Who kissed you? The Lord Mama. 
and then Rory when they're talking about like Lorelai knowing or like before she knows where Rory says she's Lorelai she'll know like yeah yeah she she will know because she is Lorelai and she will hear it if you don't say anything um and then Mrs. Kim saying it's been six weeks maybe it grew yes I'm kind of surprised I didn't put any of Mrs. Kim's, but I think it's because I wanted to put everything she said, and then I ended up putting nothing that she said. Um, yep. Okay, I'm going to do, I have two that are like between Luke and Lorelai. So one is, here's a tip, serve your customers. Here's another, don't sit on any cold benches. Yeah. And also, you're not going to kill the bag boy. Why not? It's double coupon day. You'll bring down the town. So true. Do you have more? Um, I do. Um, when Lorelai says, now chill out, supermarket slut. <laughs> yes. Uh, so harsh, but comical. <laughs> right. Um, and then when they're arguing, um, well, not arguing, but, like, having that little discussion outside of having Dean over. Um, and Rory being, like, but by my mother. And then Lorelai saying, stop saying mother like that. And then she's, like, like, what? And she's, like, like, there's something that's supposed to be added. Or, yes. what? It was, like, like, there's supposed to be another word like after that. it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm going to share one. I then, have one also yeah. during that little bickering time of when Rory says, like, He's the boy I like. And Lorelai's response, I looked for one you hated, but it was really short notice. <laughs> yeah. She should have just gone Tristan. Tristan would have been all over that. Be like, oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> um, and then my last one, I forget the context, but it's, it's because I just stole his wallet. And I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes. It's when when Rory is trying to pick out her outfit and is saying to Lorelai of like, oh, like, you know, you always leave guys like looking at you. I don't remember in what way she said. And she's like, yeah, it's because I just stole their wallet. Like that looking like they don't yes. know what hit them or something. Um, yes. Okay. So the rest of my Lorelai ones, that must have been some backbender. Make sure you warm up next time. Talking about the kiss. And... Yep. He kissed you again? What is he, right out of prison or something? Oh, all right. Strike the prison comment. I, I removed Rory from both of those. Um, and then Lorelai again to Rory. I'm afraid once your heart is involved, it all comes out in moron. I like that one. And I want to, and I usually get what I want. That one I like because yeah. that is, that could be Lorelai's catchphrase. That is very true. That could be her catchphrase. All right. Who is your favorite character this episode? Oh, that's hard. Because, like, all of them are so good in this episode. I would say um, Lorelai is, I think, my favorite. Um, but Suki, even though she was only there for a short amount of time, the amount of, like, hysteria that it gave me... Um, just because, like, Suki being Suki, she's definitely a close second. Um, but also Dean. 
with like how sweet he is and like him talking with Lorelai being like, no, this is like, this is what I'm saying. Um, it's kind of like a three-way tie between those three. Okay. So something I'm having a hard time with is that I feel like I could pick Lorelai for almost every single episode. And I'm like, well, I don't want to pick her for every episode, but I also don't want to mm-hmm. not pick her just because of that, because she's amazing. So I, she's my secondary pick, but I'm going to let her be tied. For me, like, the biggest winner of this episode is Mrs. Kim. Like, to me, she just stole the show. Like, I... I love her interactions with Rory and Lane and with Lorelai and she's hilarious mm-hmm. and I love her and yep, nothing bad about her in this episode. And then rating, how would you rate this episode overall? So seeing how Emily and Richard aren't there and we only get a little snippet of Suki, it, like I said earlier, that it is going to be a little bit lower, but I would give it a seven. Very Maybe solid. 7.5. I would say actually 7.5. Just okay. because the people I love are not in there. But as a whole, it was a really good episode. Yep. So I know I actually messaged you saying about how long my notes were just in the first 10 minutes. I, I really like this episode. So I'm saying 7.85. It would have been higher, but I really missed Paris and Friday Night Dinner. Mm-hmm. So that for me is what knocked it down a little bit, but so much greatness. I overall just a great episode. Um, yes. So that is everything about kiss and tell. And if uh, first off, apologize to everybody that this one is a longer one, but hopefully you're not too sick of us by now and you can just split it up Very over true. a couple of days to listen. You know, you got a whole week to listen to it. So can figure that out but next week we'll be doing season one episode eight and if you want to email us any questions any feedback anything random that you want to share with us our email is copperboompcast at gmail.com you can also well please do follow us on social media we're on facebook instagram and twitter at copperboompcast on all three and If you want to follow either one of us personally, I am on Instagram at the Jane Tate life. And that's all I'm really on. Um, Thomas is at forget loves. And that's, that is all. So happy listening and see you all next week. Bye. Bye, Copper boom.